Hey everyone, welcome to the How To Gurus, a podcast with honest conversations from everyday people about how to do this thing called life. I'm your host, Tiffany, and this is episode 16. Your other host, Craig, does not join me for this episode, but instead, I have my friend Brittany on with us today, and she is going to share the journey that she has been walking with her toddler, and she's going to talk to us about how she has done some advocating for him and how she is much better educated in this area of speech therapy for kids. She's going to outline just exactly what it is that parents should be looking for. So this episode is really going to cater to our parents of little kids, but I think it even helps those of us who are past that stage, but we still have people in our life who are raising little kids. They need to know that their feelings are valid and that their thoughts are valid. And if they feel a concern for their child, they need for us to help them feel empowered to advocate for that child. Brittany gives us such great tools today, such great resources today. So even if you are not in the midst of raising a toddler, you probably know someone who is. So this episode is still for you, but definitely share this with those that you know who are in the throes of raising little kids because this might help them too. Thank you, Brittany, for your time on our podcast today. Now on to the show. Hey, Brittany, welcome to the podcast. Hello. I'm so happy that you're here. Yeah, I'm I'm, excited to be here. I'm excited to talk with you. So for the listener, Brittany and I go way back. We do. We do. Yeah. If you have listened to our show for any length of time, you know that Craig and I have been in student ministry since we were students, like for our whole life. And Brittany is one of those students. That yeah, was I am. Yes, yeah. from like the whole way. Like we yeah, had you like middle, middle school, school right? middle school through high school. Yeah, I know that makes me feel old. <laughs> well, I didn't really think about it, but like I said, when we thought talked about it the other night, it mm-hmm. was like I remember being at youth camp and you brought Taylor, Would and she was like a baby. You yes. brought her a pack and play to church camp. I did, and I now have two kids, and I'm like. Never in my wildest <laughs> dreams would I be brave enough to bring, even for just one night. I know y'all didn't stay yeah, the we whole didn't time, stay the whole week, but, we but did still, yeah. I was like, mm, no, she's brave. She, now that I, <laughs> oh, that's very sweet of you. She, I remember talking to her pediatrician about it because it's so hot at yes. church camp. That uh, particular camp, you know, all the games were out on this big field. Yes, and she was no just shade. like nine months old or something. I can't I don't even, even remember. feel like she was that. Yeah, she definitely old. wasn't a year old because she was no. born in November, so it would have been like that following summer. Mm-hmm. And the pediatrician was like, no, it's totally fine. Just keep her in shade make sure she, you know you have water mm-hmm. liquids or whatever and so we did we spent two days and one night and <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my senior year, we went on the ski trip and you had just found out that you were pregnant with Rylan. Yes. And I still, I didn't ski. No, you were just the cabin moms. That way nobody was by themselves alone in the cabin. Yes. Um, But I remember like you had just found out it was still super early and you went to go stand on a chair to go get something. And we all were like, (laughs) Tiffany, get on the chair. You're like, I'm fine. We're like, okay, you're fine. But we're also way more fine we could do that for you right. why are you standing on the chair <laughs> yeah oh I remember that ski trip I felt so sick and you were tired you were that very whole yeah. time but I perfect just, time to be a cabin mom great time to just lay around, around in the cabin yeah. while everyone goes and mm-hmm. skis and then I would like start getting the meals prepared for everybody yeah. and y'all would come back and take over and mm-hmm. yeah and then like towards definitely towards the end of the trip it got where like okay yeah we're all really bruised and sore we don't <laughs> want to go out as much so we're just gonna hang out and watch shows good cabin time we had good cabin oh, time we yeah. have a lot of sweet memories of former teenagers and current teenagers mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful to see the transition like to have had you as a middle schooler and watch you grow as a high schooler and into your college years and now you're a young adult married kids mm-hmm. like it's so weird to me sometimes but also yeah. like a beautiful thing to get to witness yeah so. it is it's fun it's fun too like the seasons that especially at our church now is where we a bunch of us grew up together we all kind of went separate ways for college some of us moved away but then a lot of us have kind of moved back and we're all kind of just at the same church again and we're all in the same season of life raising our kids together and it's just so fun like I never would have thought that that's what we would be able to do but it's been really fun and then I'm at that church too so I get to see it all and you're right we all did kind of I don't want to say lose touch but we just weren't together like in church environment or everyone was doing their own thing Mm -hmm. and it was just a different season of different season and now we're all back together and Brittany's also in the mops ministry yeah that I helped direct at our church she uh, leads a table at mops and 
So just to get to still do ministry with you, yeah. but in a different way. Yeah. It's so fun. Side by side instead of you yeah, mentoring me. <laughs> that's exactly right. I yeah, love it. I love it. Fun. So I asked you to be on the podcast because you have some valuable how-to knowledge about a lot of things, but yes, we're going to focus in on one thing that has um, affected your family. Mm-hmm. So if you just want to tell the listener a little bit about who is Brittany, just let it, give us a little rundown on who you are. Yes, so I am Brittany. I'm from Middle Tennessee, grown up from here. I have been married for six years to my wonderful husband, Will, and he's from northern Alabama. Oh, yeah. Yes, and so I'm very much a Tennessee fan. He went to the University of Alabama. Oh, no. Yeah, and his dad is an alumni as well. His mom, his brother, and his sister are Auburn alumni, as well as like my mother-in-law, it's her, all of her siblings, and also her parents are alumni from Auburn. So football time. <laughs> You're in orange. Oh, yeah. I'm like solo, but it also, like my sister-in-law, she did the first part of her degree at Mississippi State. She loves it, uh-huh. but she finished the rest of her social work for her master's and stuff at Auburn. And so it gets a little crazy <laughs> during football seasons, especially like Thanksgiving time when all I the SEC imagine. games come on. So it's it's a good time. That's so fun. yeah. Well, how did you guys meet then? So Will actually did two years in Alabama, Mm -hmm. and then he moved to Middle Tennessee for the music program, the recording industry program at Middle Tennessee. Yeah. So, and he did two years there, and the town that he's from in Alabama, it's close to Huntsville. It's kind of like how Murfreesboro and Smyrna is. Mm -hmm. So it's close to Huntsville, and it's just kind of small, and he just didn't really want to go back. He really liked Murfreesboro. He made a lot of friends, and so he just wanted to stay, and we were actually just friends through college, Uh and we dated other people through college, and then afterwards, we were just hanging out a whole lot. We had a couple that we were friends with that were getting married. We were both involved in the wedding, and so we spent like the whole summer Mm -hmm. hanging out with them, and our friendship just kind of blossomed. We both ended up being single at the same time, and... Here plan. we are, God's yeah. plan. Yeah, so I love that it started with friendship first. We That's yeah, we sweet. were we were friends all through college, and yeah, we were talking about it for our anniversary. We were like, man, I just it's been good. Yeah. Just didn't want to do it any other way with any other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Aww. and then we have two boys. So I have James Robert mm-hmm. is my oldest, but we call him Jimmy. I think that cutest name. He is the um, first grandson on both sides of the family, so he's named after both of our dads. Precious. So Will's dad has went by many forms of Jim throughout (laughs) the years, and that's why we thought it was a fun name. He was Jimmy as a kid. He was? Yeah, he was Jimbo in college, Mm -hmm. and then once he became a doctor, you know, he's an orthodontist, he's like, I'm going to be Jim, Dr. Jim. (laughs) Dr. Jim. (laughs) Dr. Jim. Got it. And yeah, so that's, he's two and a half. He's going to be three, actually, in September. So crazy to me. I know. He was a little COVID baby. Yes, he was. Just, wow. Yeah. Crazy times. Mm-hmm. was yeah. definitely not in our plan when we got pregnant, thinking that that's what it was going to end up being. Be born during COVID. Yeah. We could probably do a whole podcast episode just on that. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, we really could. And then my youngest is about to be seven months old, Aww. and his name is Benjamin Landon. We just call him Ben. Mm-hmm. And he's just truly happy to be here. Aww, <laughs> he's, he's just a smiley so, little yes. thing, which both of my boys are very smiley. I was but just going to say that. Your boys both seem very happy all the time. very happy all them. the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy definitely has more fits now these days than he used he's to. He's a toddler. Yeah. He's a toddler. But yeah, Ben is just like... He's just happy everywhere we go. And he's like, hey, I'm so happy to tag along. This is great. Yeah. (laughs) Unless he's hungry, then he's not. That's understandable. He's a big (laughs) boy. He's, I know you said he was kind of like Ryland. Like, I mean, he, He's yes. already 20 pounds. Yes. And he's big. At how old? Seven? He's seven? about to be seven months. Yeah. I would have to go back and look at Rylan. He's wearing like record. nine month clothes. Yeah. I mean, that he's seems just. Right for Rylan, yeah. Like I had somebody ask me, they're like, is that really that big? And I said, um, with dosage of Tylenol, he gets what a one year old mm-hmm. gets based off of his weight. And they went, oh. Yeah. And he's what? And I was like, well, he's six months right now. Yeah. And they went, oh, yeah, he is kind of big, like isn't he? twice the size that <laughs> He's just so <laughs> chunky. It's just delicious, little chunky yes. little rolls and everything. It's, I think it's great. Both mm-hmm. of my kids were big like that, but Rylan especially was big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you you saw me pretty much my whole pregnancy with Ben. I mean, I was just big. And he was big. Just, he was just big. He was yeah. just a big boy. Sweet boy. Yeah. Aww. Both of my boys, they're really sweet. They're good boys. They are. Yeah. And that's why you're here today. Is to talk I am. About one of those sweet boys and just some things you've walked through yeah. with him and with learning Jimmy. and development with Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. So 
with Jimmy, he really, I felt like, progressed kind of early with everything. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of milestones, I felt like he hit it either right on time or maybe even just a little bit early. Yeah. But he never was really talking a whole lot. And, you know, I would kind of, like, ask some of my friends who had had kids before me. And some of them would be like, I don't know. We were talking sentences. Like, but I don't think, I think we're kind of the oddballs. I don't think most kids do that. Or it was like, oh, I'm sure that boys don't talk as much yeah. as girls do. You, you know, that. I get that a lot. Yeah. Like, boys just don't talk a whole lot. But I didn't really start to get concerned with it until closer to 18 months. I was actually at a mops. It was one of our last mops for the season. We were having a big cookout mm-hmm. and like, he wasn't even calling me mommy yet. I mean, oh, he, wow. he would only say daddy. Yeah. But not even that. It was usually da or dada. Mm-hmm. Um, very limited on his vocabulary. Very limited. Yeah. Lots of, you could tell like he was frustrated that mm-hmm. he wanted to express things, but he couldn't. Mm-hmm. And so I remember kind of mentioning it. We were having like a prayer time and I was like, I'm just kind of trying to figure out like if this is normal, if it's not. Yeah. And once again, kind of the normal answer is I'm sure he'll grow out of it or he's just like a late bloomer yeah. or, you know, like boys just don't talk. That's so normal for boys. Some yeah. boys just don't talk. All well-intentioned. All well-intentioned. Like yeah. it, to encourage and to like to settle my anxiety yes. about it. Because that can be true. It can be true. Yes. But you got a mama I, gut. Yes. Well, and I... I had one person that was in that group that I later come to find. She told me, she goes, if you're really that concerned, call your doctor. That's great. And so that's what I did. And so I did go in and we went at 18 months. He kind of evaluated him. I had to fill out all of these paperwork that they evaluated him, Mm. you know, to make sure we weren't struggling with anything besides just speech, you know? Yeah. So everything else looked good. Mm -hmm. And he goes, honestly, he's hitting all the marks except for this he goes I think he's just a late bloomer he goes mm-hmm. let's check again at his two-year checkup and let's oh, wow. just see like okay. let's just see it as two-year checkup I really think he's going to be thriving by then mm-hmm. and if not we can kind of go from there and so I had will go with me to his two-year checkup I'm pregnant with Ben at this point because yeah. it's in September it was due with Ben in December and oh. the timeline is important in okay. this because at his two-year checkup we went I had to fill out all the paperwork again and on the milestone list, it said, are they, is he saying 20 words consistently? He was maybe getting 10. Wow. Maybe. As a two-year-old. As a two-year-old maybe getting 10. Yeah. And that's like being generous with it. Mm-hmm. And in our opinion, it was. Yeah. And he goes, I really think he's going to, like, I'm not concerned. I really think he's really? going to be fine. Wow. Yes. And I... Will was a little bit more like, oh yeah, well, okay, yeah. If he's th- if he thinks it, and I said, I don't know. I just, I just don't like. I just had this feeling. Right, yeah. I just felt like he should be talking more. And the fact, like it, that there were babies younger than him in nursery crying and saying, "Mommy" mm-hmm. at church, yeah, and he wouldn't he, cry out and say "Mommy." Mm-hmm. That just didn't f- like feel right to yeah. me. So, uh Mm uh-huh. And so he goes, well, I'll go ahead and I will write up a referral for you to go ahead and do a speech evaluation. I'm so thankful he listened to your concerns. And he said, and I, and he goes, and I'll put on their mom's, mom's concerned. Okay. And so he did. (laughs) And you know, I work at a dentist. Either way. Yeah. I work at a dentist office. I have to write notes on referrals. I know what, I know what that's like. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, you can put that. Mm -hmm. Go right ahead. You can say that I'm Mm -hmm. concerned. And so I had to wait about two weeks to get get a call because- They did not give me the referral. He like puts it in. And the way that it works in the state of Tennessee is there's a program called TEIS, which is the Tennessee Early Intervention System. And through the state of Tennessee, they provide different types of therapies for kids up to a certain age, depending on what they need. Um, and all this occupational speech, um, there's developmental therapy. I mean, there's a couple different types. So I waited to have... TEIS reach out to me and they reached out to me in about two weeks and they have a third party that they have that comes and do evaluations. They came to my house Mm -hmm. and they did everything there. And what they did with that evaluation was, I mean, they valued every single thing, not just his speech. It was every aspect of him. It was, and then asking me a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. So there was questions of, can he walk up 10 sets of stairs? Like, can he go up 10 steps by himself Mm -hmm. without needing help from you? Can he run 10 feet without falling? Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, all different kinds of milestones. Yes. Um, interesting questions. Interesting questions. About. There was questions about what kind of foods does he eat? Mm-hmm. Does he have problems with textures? Does he have sound aversions and things like that? Different types of sensory issues. Mm-hmm. They covered every single thing. The hardest part about the evaluation, I think, was she brought out a little bag and she had all these little things that she had to do with it. And I couldn't say anything. Oh. I was not allowed to talk. I could not encourage. I could not do anything. That's so hard. And he would look and he would look at yes. (laughs) And he would look at me. For encouragement. Well, and just to like make sure that he was doing it right. Like it was like a little square, kind of like Montessori type mm-hmm. toys, you know, wooden toys. So there was like a little wooden platform that had a space for a circle, square, and a triangle. Mm-hmm. And she would set them there and she said, Jimmy, put the triangle on the triangle. And he would just kind of look at me and he'd look at her. <laughs> would he do it? And he would. But, but he would need someone to tell him he did good. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I couldn't say anything. Oh. Or it would be then there would be a book. Can you point to the truck? Mm-hmm. Can you point to these things? And sometimes he could do it. Sometimes he couldn't. Yeah. And she would say, can you point to mommy? And he couldn't point to me. He could not point to you. Mm-mm. Oh. Mm-mm. He would point to her. Oh. He There's could point a lack to her. Of understanding. Yes. And so thankfully, who we had that invite well, she was wonderful. And she really validated my feelings. She was like, I want to tell you this because they don't really like us to tell you a whole lot, but you have to wait a couple of weeks to get an answer. And she mm-hmm. goes, So what I'm gonna tell you is one, you're a really good mom. Oh. And I needed to hear that. Yeah, you no, know, sometimes you just need to hear that from yeah. another person. But she goes, I have so many people that they just don't see the signs mm-hmm. and they miss it and they miss the boat. And you're a good mom because you saw all the signs. Because it's hard to bring that up, like to think there's something wrong with my child. Like they're not smart enough. They're yes. not good enough. And like that's no something. No one wants to say that about their child. No. And I have to say, like, I have that wrote down as a note to bring up. Like, I had to kind of go through a process of like being okay saying that there's a problem. Yeah. Because you would never want your kid to struggle with anything. Right. And it's easier to look away sometimes. It is. And it's easier, especially when they're that little, like, oh, they'll catch up. Yeah. But like I had to like do a lot of type of, I had to do eye therapies and I had to do all different kinds of tutoring when I was a kid to get caught up. Mm -hmm. And that was in school. And I did not want him to have to feel different or feel behind when he went to school. My husband had a harder time with it. Which from now that I have found more people who have done different types of therapies, they've said the same thing. It's a little bit harder for the dads. And like, that's okay. Yes. And it's okay. Like even now, still some of the stuff, Jimmy does have some sensory issues, not a ton, Uh um, but like really noises really bother him. Mm -hmm. So this weekend being this past weekend, 4th of July was really tough. Mm. Some stuff that he used to love to do now that he's up older, he recognizes the sounds like Mm -hmm. he, we, went to the lake and we went on the boat and he loved boat rides this weekend. He did not because it was loud. It was loud, but we did take ear like earmuffs Mm -hmm. that um, were the sound protection that helped. Yes. He didn't want to put them on at first, but then once we put them on, then he kind of smiled and he was kind of like tapping his ears like, Oh, Oh, this is kind of nice. It's quiet. Yeah. And then he, then he was willing to go on the boat for a boat ride and everything. So, but you know, even that will is even like, I don't want him to be afraid of everything. I don't want him to feel. And I'm right. like, that's, that is a completely valid thing. I don't want him to be afraid. And I don't want him to have, I don't want him to struggle with that. Mm-hmm. But if this is something that he has, then we will do whatever we can and to make him it work. to learn to feel safe, you safe. have to meet him where he is. Yes. And then maybe once he feels safe in that moment, mm-hmm. maybe he will be willing to step out as he grows and maybe he won't, but yes, you have to meet him where he is or he's mm-hmm. going to just live afraid. Yes. And so, I mean, and that has happened where stuff did used to bother him. It doesn't bother him anymore. Okay. Like when the evaluator came in, mm-hmm. it used to be anytime he went to a door, <laughs> anytime he went to a door and somebody opened it or he went to the door and like somebody came in, mm-hmm. it, he would just sit and cry. Oh. And it's usually because people would be like, oh, hi. Hello. It was too much. It was too much attention. Mm -hmm. And it just like overwhelmed him. He did. And so we would just tell people, just don't look at him. Don't talk to him. Just don't ignore. Yeah. Just literally just, (laughs) just act like he's not there and he'll settle and he'll be fine. And he would, but it was, it was like overwhelming to him. Mm -hmm. And it was like, people just 
wanting to say hi to him. Right. <laughs> but but he not couldn't a, handle it. No, no, it but did. he's outgrown that? Oh, yes, he Good. has. He's outgrown that, yeah. I mean, it was like dropping off to daycare. It was that way every time. Aww. She'd open the door, and so finally me and um he's an in-home daycare and her name is Heidi she's wonderful Aww. and um she's like an extra part of our family and that. me and her were just good morning Miss Heidi and she'd go good morning Brittany how are you and we just Jimmy. yeah yeah <laughs> and he's and, fine and he's fine and he finally got over it mm-hmm. yep. you met him where he was yep and he's fine so there there's different things like that that yeah. kind of so you had the evaluation yes she encouraged you that you were a good mom which let me just tell you even as a mom of teenagers like let me just tell all the listeners, if you see someone parenting well, never be afraid to tell them they're parenting yeah. well. Because I think moms especially, we have the mom guilt that mm-hmm. you see everywhere on social media and we talk about with our friends. Like there is always that voice inside of us telling us we're doing it wrong yeah. or we're not doing good enough. And so someone encouraging you is amazing. So I admire that worker that came to yes. your home. And- well, and especially at that point, like I hadn't had been yet. So I was still what everybody called like a first time mom. And so you're just a first time mom. You're always just nervous. You're always afraid you're going to mess something up, which is so true. Like, not that I don't feel that way with Ben, but it, it was, it was like, I don't know what's normal. I don't, I don't know what he's supposed, but he's definitely not doing 20 words. He's not doing 20 words. You know what the pediatrician says is normal. And then Mm -hmm. you can observe kids. You work in church nursery and in the children's wing at our church and you have friends who have kids similarly Aged. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that you're unaware. Like you're no. observing all of these other. Behaviors. And she told me what I ended up finding out from her, and then it was also verified through our speech therapist that we have now, is that because of COVID, so many kids are needing help with not just speech but like other types of occupational developmental mm-hmm. therapy because of the as everybody knows the lack of socialization. Mm-hmm parents having to work from home so they a lot of times they just had to put their kids in a room with a show or an ipad or doing which like we we do screen time like i have nothing against that but times were hard and people had to just do what they could to survive during covid and we're now kind of starting to see all the effects of that Mm -hmm. and because of the overwhelming number the cdc lowered the milestones at the doctor's office it used to be 50 words So Jimmy got lumped into that lower standard. Yes. Uh, But what, as a mom, what I then found out from them that upset me is that, so all of his speech therapy that we're doing is provided by the state. mm -hmm. You can file it with insurance, but the state covers it. Whatever is not covered. That's so great. Up until a certain age. And I was kind of like, what if we had been right at 20 words? That still wasn't actually meeting the mark. Yeah. It It wasn't. And then he would have still been behind and then we wouldn't have been able to get through the state. And what if we couldn't afford it? Yeah. What if we could not afford to pay for speech therapy? Yeah. Which he actually qualified for speech therapy and developmental therapy that's provided by MTSU. Oh, that's so amazing. Yes. So we have been doing both of them. So the reason I said the time, I'm going to loop back to that. Why the, why the timeline I said was important is September is when he ended up going to the doctor. We got an evaluation set up. He had that done Mm -hmm. within two weeks. So we were evaluated in September. Our goal for me and Will was like, maybe we can start all this before the baby gets here. Because how frustrating is it to have such a big life change and not be able to express anything? Oh, yeah. He was so frustrated. He was crying he when you would be the baby home or no, before, just, just like general. before. Yeah. I mean, cause As he, he wouldn't tell me that he was thirsty. He mm-hmm. wouldn't tell me that he was hungry. He would just cry and he would mm-hmm. grunt and he would grab my hand and take me to the fridge or take okay. me to the pantry yeah. and being very pregnant at that point. That was also very exhausting. Yes. So he was frustrated. We were frustrated. It was just, and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to be bringing a newborn who's going to also yes. require all this. What if you're sitting and feeding the baby? You can't get up and go yes. do where Jimmy's trying to lead you to go. Yeah. And so thankfully what we ended up finding out when we met with our TIS worker. So it's kind of like you have a caseworker there. You have, they have different areas and regions mm-hmm. for all of their clients and everything. Okay. So they're the ones that help get your insurance. They end up setting up all of your therapies through the different places. So for us, we had the MTSU developmental therapy. And a little bit about that, which is great, which they were able to get him in in October. So we were able to start that so fast. Oh, good. Within a month. Yes. It was so great because there's typically more of a waiting period when it comes to getting in 
with speech therapy because the need is so high. So we actually, with MTSU, they come to your house and you can choose if you want to do it weekly or bi-weekly to initially start off. Okay. I felt bi-weekly was good just because I was pregnant and still working part-time. Yeah. And then once the baby came, I thought trying to do that every week might just be too much. So yeah. let's do every other week and you can either do virtually or you can do it in person and either way they come to you. That's so great. For example, it was, okay, you need to put his cup where he can see it, but mm-hmm. he can't reach it. So that way he has to point to his cup. Okay. Like don't so put it in the fridge. Th- yes. It, you know, it was all these little things. They come and watch you and you talk about your struggles mm-hmm. that you're having that week. What is your number one thing that you're struggling with and how can we help you do that? So you have to be, learn to be really open and vulnerable yes. about yourself and your mm-hmm. child. <laughs> yeah. Like one of the times we had a real struggle in that we wanted him to be able to ask for help. Because he was getting so frustrated with toys and just doing, he just, he couldn't. And we would say, just ask for help. And he couldn't. Mm -hmm. And we had tried doing like baby sign language and he never really took to it as a baby. It kind of started to stick now that he was getting up older. And so she's like, do sign language, do it, do it for please, do it for thank you, do it for more. And I was like, well, we've kind of tried the one for help, but it's kind of hard. Like you have to do it. You have to do a thumbs up on an open palm so both hands and then you have to go up a lot of coordination lots of coordination (laughs) and so it just like wasn't and she goes it doesn't have to be that one it's whatever the sign is for him and I went oh yeah, you don't actually have to teach him American oh, sign language. Oh, yeah, yeah, it could literally just be whatever the sign. So, and that's what ended up happening. And he still does it. It's what um he does for juice. He takes his fingers and he tickles his chin. And that's what and he that's what he wants. And that's no, that's for juice. Oh, that's for juice. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so for help, he ended up doing the same thing for please, which is where you just kind of rub your hand mm-hmm. across the top of your chest. There, he now will do. He'll now do everything for now help. That now, older, now these yeah. up older. Now he'll do it, but. You you know, it was things like that. Yeah. yeah. It was like, well, we've tried it, but it ha- he can't do it. And she goes, well, that's okay. Just do a sign that works for him. And it's she like, reframed oh, it. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't I think <laughs> Why about that? I think of that? Yeah. Because you're thinking about a million other things. A million other things. Yeah. <laughs> um, or we struggled with transitioning to bedtime. He mm-hmm. didn't want to stop playing, which mm-hmm. is so normal, but meltdowns, just having a really hard time and also not communicating. She goes, okay, well, let's do a visual chart. Kids love visuals. And she made us a visual. She goes, what's your routine? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, we eat dinner and then we play and then we take a bath and then we read stories and then we go to bed. Yeah. And she found all these visuals and made a little chart and we taped it up in the living room. And you need to tell him first, we're doing this. Then we're doing this. And it's then when it comes through. to the next one. And so now he, he he will, he'll walk over to it and he goes, oh, dinner Aww. and play and bath bed and you know he'll do so they work on and they'll ask you Mm -hmm. what are you struggling with right now so we've actually graduated from developmental therapy where they said we didn't have to keep it unless we just wanted to Mm -hmm. we have been keeping it for just once a month now um, because we're about to start attempting potty training soon he's at that age he's at that (laughs) age and so she's had a lot of really helpful hints on okay try this you know and it's okay if it doesn't work you know just give this you know we're kind of doing a lot of the pre-potty training like before bed we brush our teeth and we just sit on the potty and for him because we had a lot of people like oh you're not gonna start potty training I'm like he can't even say the word potty he can't even tell me that he wants to drink something we're not going to start that no that would be frustrating for everyone everyone involved mm-hmm. yeah and so then what was also nice was all of the therapists were like yeah no don't start that I'm Good. so glad you didn't and I'm like oh well I'm glad that you feel that way because yes. I didn't want to no I don't blame you my son did not have these developmental delays or speech delays and mm-hmm. I still did not start potty training him until he was closer to three mm-hmm. just because he was just kind of a tough toddler like yeah. I, we were focused on a lot of other things like controlling our temper and our behavior. Mm-hmm. And I was not going to fight him to sit on a toilet. <laughs> no. Well, and that defeats the purpose. Yeah. Like they'll end up just like hating it the entire yeah. time and it not working. So but he does like it because he'll sit and he'll say pee pee and potty. Good, and then yay. he gets a treat because he says the words pee pee mm-hmm. and potty. But he's now starting to get more interested on like 
what are you doing? You yeah. know, ask him, daddy, what are you doing? Oh, that's so, so uh, Yeah. So now he's asking all kinds of questions and doing so He's getting ready. Stuff. Yeah. He's getting ready. So I think in the next two or three weeks is when we're going to start because we're about to go out of town. So Maybe once we come back. That, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. you're keeping the MTSU. Just once a month just for a right month. now. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of help you transition through this. Yeah. feels like this next big phase. Which, and of course, of she still asks, like, do you have anything else going on? Aww. Do you want to talk about anything else? Or is it just that, which Jimmy is present the whole time that we're doing these. So whether I do it virtually or, which we've ended up doing more virtually, just having been, and then I don't have to worry about cleaning my house before somebody comes over, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you have a, when you have a little bitty baby at home, yes. sometimes you just don't get all that stuff done no, that you would well, like you to get done. you have the toddler running around messing it all up. Uh-huh. So yes, yeah, you're a little preoccupied with the baby. Yeah, it's true. Yes. We actually didn't end up starting speech therapy until January. So okay. we, we started speech therapy after Ben, long. yeah, after after Ben was born, and that was and, really the major concern. Yes, but I will say his communication and his frustration frustration level got better because he started being able to do sign language, mm-hmm. and then some words did start to come just through developmental just through therapy. developmental therapy. Yeah. yeah, so we were super thankful for that, and I will say during that time that was something when we were in Connect Group at church or we were in any of our like smaller type of Bible study classes and we would mm-hmm. do prayer requests. Like that was something that we were vulnerable and we shared with people yeah. because it was kind of a humbling moment at the beginning of all of this when I was at a summer Bible study and one of my great friends, Asia, shout out to Asia. Hey, Asia. She, um, mm-hmm. she actually, when I was sharing it with her for our prayer request at like just a girl's Bible study, she just kind of flat out asked me and she goes, well, have you like been praying for him? And I went, no, not about that. No. Like she goes, you haven't been praying for him to like learn new words or anything like that. And I went, no, I haven't. (laughs) And I, you know, I get, and she goes, and I said, and I love, I love this about Asia because she was one of the first ones out of all of our friends that started having kids. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times all of us would be like, Asia, what did you do? Yeah. Oh my gosh, Asia, She's help the us. Bomb of the yes, group. she is. And so she goes, I had to learn that there's some things that I can't do, but only God can. Oh, amen to that. And I was like, oh, I can't teach him. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I can't teach him how to talk, but God can. Yes, he can. Like he can 100% do that. So for our bedtime prayer, that's what we started doing every night as a oh. family. Please help Jimmy to learn new words. With and Jimmy present. With Jimmy prayer, present. Yeah. yeah, please help Jimmy to learn also new words. Spiritually and teaching yeah. him when I have something I can't control. Yeah. I give it to God. We give it to God. Yeah. yeah. And I had, like like I said, he wasn't saying mommy. That was so hard. And I had some people being like, oh, you're going to hate it when he learns to say it. Then he's going <laughs> to knock on He's going to be saying it all the time. I have not felt that way Good. at all. And I have he says not. It now. He does. All the time, and he I says bet. it all yeah. the time. And he'll go, love you, mommy. No. And I just love it. Me yeah. and Will both. We just love it. We have not been tired of him talking one bit, which everybody said we would, but that has yeah. not happened yet. We've enjoyed it. Because you're just grateful. Yes. Because you probably felt like you've missed out on like a year of it this. It did. Like it feels like he was a year behind. A big like moment that was so exciting for us was when we were actually in the hospital with Ben mm-hmm. and we, um, I had to have a C-section with Ben, which mm-hmm. was very different. I did not have to have a C-section oh, with Jimmy. Okay. I didn't realize um, that. Yeah. So no, I had a different experience. Okay. So I've been rolled back to just kind of like the waiting area, your post-op before you go back mm-hmm. to your actual room that you'll stay in for the next couple of days. And Will was like, I'm going to just go out there and talk with everybody and let them know that you're back in the room. Well, he came back in and he had Jimmy. And that was like not our plan. That's not what we had talked yeah. about doing. Why is he here? <laughs> but he, he had been dying to see mommy. Oh, and he'd been asking. And so me. he'd been asking for me. And so when he came in, all on his own, some of our goals that we, which I will say, TIS came and you create all these goals. Mm-hmm. It's almost overwhelming how many yeah. goals. Cause I was like, I can't even comprehend him saying, 15 words regularly because we don't do that now. Yeah. Like that feels like what, a huge some goal. of the main goals that we had was for him to be able to say baby, Bubba or Ben. Okay. Three different names for him to recognize his brother. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he came in and he immediately on it. We did not practice. He just said, baby. <gasps> and me and Will just looked at each oh. other and we, and he goes, Oh baby. <laughs> I mean, and we, I mean, of course I have, 
already a hormonal mess yeah, you know after you having, so happy and he just loved he just loved having been there Aww. and on the day that we went home from the hospital we're sitting there and I actually shared it on our social media I don't know if you saw it because a lot of people at that point knew that mm-hmm. we had been waiting and waiting and waiting to get in with speech therapy yes. and we were really nervous about bringing a baby home and him although he had improved mm-hmm. just him feeling comfortable and that he could actually express his needs right. in an appropriate way, an appropriate way. Yes, everyone stay safe and we're sitting there and um he's holding Ben and all on his own he just goes hi Ben oh my gosh <laughs> I think I do remember you recorded I that. did yes, I, we, I we got it on camera and we all went oh Jimmy, what a good big brother you are, you know, and he's, he's loved having been, he's loved, he's been a great big brother. And thankfully that's just something that the Lord worked out, like where it just was as smooth of a transition as it could have been. Like only God can do that. It's just been great to see that kind of block. And now he, he's learning his emotions. He's, he's learning emotion words. So we're doing happy, sad, and mad right Uh now. And so he'll go, been happy Aww. and yeah Ben yes, is happy he is. which he's a very happy baby yeah. or if he's crying oh mommy been sad <laughs> <laughs> that's so great though that he recognizes that yeah. and reports it to you mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's leaps and bounds from oh, where you were a year I ago mean, or six months ago even yeah. as I say even six months ago yeah. I mean because we had been dedicated in March and we were just with all of Will's family. Mm-hmm. And so it's been since March since they've seen them and they could not get over how much he was talking and he's asking questions. Yeah. And he's asking questions, oh. everything. So Miss Alexa is our speech therapist that we have when we started. Mm-hmm. Let's see. We started that in January. She actually evaluated him again. So our first appointment was like she herself evaluated him to see where he was. She had all of the notes from the previous evaluation. Mm-hmm. She had all of our goals set that we had come up with, with my caseworker, all of that. Yeah. So she had everything that she could read, but she wanted to be able to see where he was at. Can I interrupt you and ask how you got mm-hmm. her as your therapist? Was that through the program? Yeah, you were so, in? They yes. So it's through someone. TEIS. Okay. Yes. So they actually were like, okay, so based off of your address, he, and also, like, who accepts your insurance? Like, if you have insurance. They like to try to do it. Yeah. So that way they can at least make some other, right. like, profit as well. Because I assume it's, like, a tax base. It, it's, like, a state. I think so. I yeah. mean, I could not tell you the ins okay. and outs of, of how they... if they can get some... If they can yeah, get insurance, insurance to help pay, they would like that. Whatever yes. insurance doesn't cover, then the state covers. Okay. So, like, we did have an insurance change. Mm-hmm. And they were like, it's okay if they don't pay for it or they don't accept it. We cover it. It's okay. okay. Don't stress about it. So... Okay. Um, so they assigned you, so they asked me, there was like two locations mm-hmm. and I personally liked the one that was closer to my house. Yeah, I would and agree. so I was like, <laughs> do you think this one's a good choice? And she goes, yeah, I would send my kids there. And I was like, okay, okay, done. Yeah. And I think that's what was encouraging is like, I could just straight up ask them and actually my caseworker, her son had needed developmental therapy and also needed speech therapy. So she had been She's through it herself. It. Yeah. Yes. And her son, because the waiting list was long, he actually didn't need speech therapy by the time he was available like wow. he had excelled enough through developmental therapy that he was fine but also that's how long the wait is it can be yeah depend depending on your area and depending on everything gotcha. i so will you say you have do have long, to be very much an advocate for mm-hmm. your kid mm-hmm. like i was setting reminders on my phone and she told me at 10 weeks i'm waiting at 10 weeks and i'm making phone calls and yeah. i'm doing emails because I want him in yeah. and I, I want us to get this thing going. Do not so be ignored. that's such good advice. You do. You like, have to really don't be, be pushy before they, if, but if they give you a timeline, yeah, if, then, and you haven't heard. Yeah. I think that's you so need, wise. No, you need to. And I up. did have once I, I have to say, we did not know anyone that had really been going through speech therapy with their kids. Mm-hmm. Not until we started doing it. Then all of a sudden we found out like there was two people at church that their kids were currently in it yeah. and so it's it's funny how things like that you don't really know until you start talking about it and then you find out oh there is other people who are going through the and same thing. And you can thing. link arms with some of those people. Yeah, and, and they told me that. Notes. They said, you've mm-hmm. got to stay on them. Like, because there's just, it's not for lack on their part. They've just, just there's so system. many. There's yeah. so many. And so if you're not 
kind of giving them the nudge and the reminder they're doing just what's right in front of them. So So she did her evaluation, her own evaluation. Yes. Our speech therapist, we got into results physiotherapy. It's a location here in Murfreesboro and it's a location that actually offers speech therapy. They have occupational therapy and things like that. So she did her evaluation and she told me I have to file everything. I have to file my evaluation with the state. But what I suggest is that you come twice a week and they'll be for 45 minutes. And I think that's what he needs right now. Wow. And then as soon as we think that he doesn't need it, then we'll kind of step down if needed Mm -hmm. and it was nice because I was still on maternity leave so I was able to go ahead and like be there and initially for the first appointment I went back with him because he wanted me to but they really like it if parents cannot go back yeah because they just tend to do better like now every kid is different yes but in our situation, Jimmy thrived better when I was not there. Because he wasn't depending on you. He wasn't depending on me because he would do something and he would look at me because he knew that I could figure out what he was saying. Yes. Oh, I see. And so he would look at me and she would, and I would be like, yeah, that's a Lightning McQueen. Yeah. You know, McQueen. Yeah. Because you knew. I knew. I knew what he was saying because I've been around him the most. So but that's it, not really helpful for him learning to say no. things correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. And so I had, <laughs> it was like probably my third or fourth time I was sitting there and I had a mom that had come in. They were waiting for their name to be called for their therapist to come get them. Mm-hmm. And she goes, so do you, do you go back there? And I was like, they're not going to tell you you can't go back there. But I, I, he's happy to go back there on his own. And so I will let him go back there on his own. She goes, so you, so you don't know what they do? And I went, <laughs> they do magic. That's what I tell people. They just do magic back there. And he comes out saying new words. That's what happens. That's all I care about. And you, yeah. Because you had gone back and you had mm-hmm. interviewed with the people. They you do lots they of play therapy. Yeah, okay. they do lots of yeah. play therapy, lots of side by side. Um, because like I said, she also evaluated him. It wasn't just speech. It was like, how is his imagination play? Like one mm. of them was like, oh, can you give the baby some water? Can you feed the baby a bottle? And he was like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> does the cow, does the cow want to eat? Take the cow to the hay. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that either. So funny. <laughs> he's like, no, thank you. But now, oh my gosh, you should hear him now. He, he, we're on a big dinosaur kick and all he's doing is, mom, T-Rex. Oh no, oh. run away. And he's playing dinosaurs and so he's imagination. imagination. Yes, That's yes, crazy. yeah. Oh. And so they do all kinds of different therapies and I think another thing I wasn't expecting to like so much is at Mops, we had a mom that shared about her kids with special needs mm-hmm. and how just a lot of people aren't exposed to people with special needs. Mm-hmm. So it makes the, you feel a little awkward about it. Yep. And especially when your kids ask questions, it's like, oh, don't ask that. I yeah. don't want to answer it. And, <laughs> you know, she was so honest, like, you need to talk to them about it. You can tell them, like, yeah. I mean, not if they're being rude, but, like, yeah. you can, you need to talk with them about it. So that way they're comfortable with it. And sure. Jimmy sees so many different people with different needs. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of nice to be, like, the other parents sitting in the way. We all kind of talk. And it's like, yeah, yeah this is where we're at. Yeah, yeah, this is why we're here. And some people are there for different reasons. And maybe more severe. And or Jimmy just sees all of them the same. Yeah. And he, hi, friend. Aww. Hi, friend. Is that what he says? Hi, That's friend. adorable. Yeah, because we'll just, we'll have people, I mean, we make friends pretty much everywhere we go because yes. they're just smiley boys, so yes. people always talk to them. So and we'll you're be a like, very hi. friendly person. Yeah. You're not yeah. super introverted and shy, so <laughs> <No>. yeah. <laughs> and so we'll just, hi, friend, how are you, you know? Aww. And I actually, we only go one day a week now. We've just recently graduated to only need one day a week, which awesome. has been super exciting. She said it probably won't be long until he only needs to come once a month. Just to make sure that we're hitting milestones because yeah. he is talking up a storm. Oh, I love it. I know. It's so, and she's, she's so proud of him. She's so tickled. She's like, I went, I, she got married and she goes, I went away for two weeks and I come back and you're just talking up a storm. Oh, what are you doing? You that know? That's so great. But when we go on Wednesdays, the time that we go at, there's another little friend and they actually end up playing together quite a bit because they really like each other. And mm-hmm. so they play and his therapist came out and she actually goes, the parent asks, well, he wasn't in a very good mood. How did it go? And she goes, oh, he got in a really good mood. We've made a friend. Oh. So they actually played together. They do their therapies kind they of together. They do therapy together. That's and so, so cute. He, it helps this other little friend want to talk and do his mm-hmm. speech too. And like I was like. Real life 
situation. Yes. Because that's mm-hmm. the goal is that they can communicate with yes. others. Yes. That's the goal. Yeah. yeah. What's really neat is, so, you know, typically the speech therapy is just one-on-one, mm-hmm. but once they get up older through the state of Tennessee, it is up until the age of four okay. that it's provided through the state. After that, they can go into the school system mm-hmm. and it's provided that way. Okay. But it's different in that it's not at a clinic. It is at a actual school. Mm-hmm. And then depending on the needs is what days you go, how many hours you're there. And it's in a group setting. Like a little pre-K class. It is. Okay. And they put kids that are like a year older than them that are really good in their speech or really good in certain things that they're trying to help the mm-hmm. kids with. They're kind of like their mentors to help yeah, them and it helps them have peers that can speak and say things and that they are learning how to do that mm-hmm. from older peers that can do it a little bit better so than them. Yeah. So will Jimmy move into that? Or will I just don't depend know on yet. It'll is. depend. Okay. I'll have to keep you tuned in. We yeah. get reevaluated in August. So next month okay. he'll be reevaluated if he still needs speech therapy at all. At all. Yeah. At okay. all. And so if he does need it, then... Because it just recently got approved to the age of four. I've heard rumor. I've heard rumors that it's been approved to the age of five, but I haven't had that in writing yet. They originally sent it like when they went to have it approved, they wanted it approved till five, but it did not get passed. It only made it to the age of four. Well, I hope it does get passed to five because as you mentioned earlier with COVID and the way that it just really shut down our society for so long. And even when society started opening up again it was different you know yeah we had to cover our mouths and our faces first so Jimmy long. did not see his pediatrician's face for the first year and a half of his life yeah and, had no idea and that that creates developmental delays in yeah. certain kids because that's how kids learn to read expression mm-hmm. and look at your mouth when you're talking to understand how to form words and how long did we live like that and these yeah. children that were born into this those were very critical years that they missed out on a very, what I would call typical part of life. Yeah. And I mean, even then, like I would, I can't speak for everyone, but for us, I mean, we didn't even really go out into society a lot at all. Like I remember baby. Yeah. And I mean, they were literally like, if you and your baby go out to Walmart, you're going to get COVID and you're going to die. And I mean, not to say that that did not happen to people. And I hate that, but that I was literally terrified to leave the house you were trying baby. to be wise for I was trying to yes. yes and I remember putting him in the car to go to my sister's house and he cried the entire way and it's because he'd never really had to be in the car he well, was not he was not going and that's what my mom said yeah. she goes well babies typically are used to being in the car by the, I mean he was three months old and he hated really it anywhere no not except for doctor's appointments which we live like five minutes from the clinic yeah, so he was barely in the car <laughs> so he was barely in the car we weren't going to church mm-hmm. we weren't doing anything so, I mean, it's, it's all of those little things that people just didn't, I mean, you just yeah. don't know until it happens and then right. you're like, okay, well here, I mean, he just was not used to being at nursery. It took him yeah. a while to do, I mean, some people did even longer than what we did. Oh, I feel yeah. like we kind of broke free a little bit earlier. Were rebels. <laughs> we were, I think we were a little bit more rebel-like than some people. And that's not to say that Jimmy would not have some of no. these developmental or speech delays had he been born before COVID time or now since no, COVID yeah. time. But it does feel like it definitely exacerbated yeah. the situation. Like you said, because the pediatrician's office kind of had, well, not kind of, they had brought down the quality mm-hmm. or the standard. The, the standards that they had been given have been changed. So yeah, they're just because, get, of COVID. because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just too overwhelming. And the evaluators have even told me, I mean, it's not just with speech. It is with autism. It's with ADHD. I mean, there's all different kinds of things that kids are being missed and being diagnosed Mm -hmm. because they're changing the standards because they're just too overwhelmed. Wow. That's so and sad. I and that makes me sad because it it feels like just such a disservice to those families that need the help. Absolutely, and that's why I, f- I really hope and pray that they will raise that mm-hmm. to five because that I mean those zero to five those are your biggest learning, most critical yeah. years for development. Yeah. It's it it is it's just insane. I have a girl that I know from college. She just recently shared on social media that her son was just diagnosed with autism, mm-hmm. and some of the things that she was vulnerable with in her post is that some people were like, well, did you just not read to him enough? 
Oh, well, okay. <laughs> or did you did you just what? not, you know, socialize him enough? Or maybe he'll grow out of it. Maybe he's fine. Mm-hmm. And I think those are all well-intended things for people to say. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, if this is the way that God made my child, yeah. then this is the way that he made them. Yeah, didn't matter what and, you did or yeah, didn't do. Yeah, didn't matter what you did or didn't do. And God gave him to me for that reason. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do what he needs. That's right. And if it, that means needing some speech therapy, then that's yeah. that's what it is. If it needs occupational therapy, then I mm-hmm. think that's great. Or developmental therapy. Uh, when I talked with our speech therapist, I actually got a list from her of like, actual list of milestones for the first three years and so I thought I could share that with people because I get a lot of questions from people whenever they find out like when do they start to be concerned about that like when should I be concerned um I would love for you to share that I think that's so helpful because we like you were saying I think in even as you're saying these things that people have said to you like well just give it time you know kids develop differently I myself have have said that to people mm-hmm. because kids do develop at they different do. And they do they do and so when you look at someone's child you're like well they are, seem perfectly normal to yeah me. Jimmy pretty much typical. ticks every single box except for just yes. his speech but also I'm not the one who lives with your child you know <laughs> yeah. you're the mama you are with and you're a partially stay home mom. I am. Yeah. Part time. Yeah. So you're with your child literally the most. It's not like your child is in daycare for 40 hours Mm -mm. a week. And yes, your husband and their dad is very involved in their life, but he also works a full-time job. And the mom is just in most families, the primary caregiver, right? You have an insight into your child that no one else does, not their pediatrician, not their healthcare provider. So for you to have a concern Mm -hmm. and be encouraged and empowered to follow up on that concern, I think is, is so important. And I'm just, I'm so proud of you for doing that. And I think that's awesome. And for you to come on the podcast because you do want to help people and share with people, if you have a concern about your child, don't hesitate. No, it might take a few extra appointments. It might take some time, but it's worth following up after. Yeah, because I would rather do it sooner rather than later. I would rather them get the help earlier and it not needed as long Mm -hmm. instead of having to do it later. Yeah. And for them to feel like, oh, I'm behind. Right. Where it's more obvious to like their peers. Like you said, you were in school and you Mm -hmm. had to have special help in school. And that Mm -hmm. can be embarrassing for a child. I was like not able to keep up with my reading level. Yeah. Because I needed eye therapy to like make my eyes work. Right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And that is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's good to do to just stick with your gut and say you go to your doctor and they're like, I think it's okay. Mm -hmm. If you feel like you want a referral, ask for it. Yeah. 100% ask for it. Mm -hmm. Cause your doctor is just looking like your doctor was just looking at the standard, looking at the And I have a very seasoned doctor. He was my pediatrician. Oh wow. Yeah. He was my pediatrician. And he's done this a time or two. He's done this a time (laughs) or two. So I really, I really felt like I trusted him. Yes. But he could tell that I was concerned, and so he was happy to write it for me. Good. And, and he's still your pediatrician. He's still my pediatrician. Yes. Yep. <laughs> he loves my boys. Him. No, yes. no, no. For a, quote, misdiagnosis, because he, mm-hmm. he was doing his job to yeah. the best he could. But that's where you as a mom had to step in and say, I know what you're telling me, but this is what I'm feeling. And yeah. I'm thankful that he listened. So yeah. tell us some mm-hmm. things yeah. that we as parents could be looking for in our child, and especially to the parents of the, the babies and the toddlers. Yes. So she gave me like not an extensive list, but just some guidelines, like general milestones that she looks for when she's doing an evaluation. Okay. So for the age of one being between the age of 12 to 18 months, children should have an expressive vocabulary of 50 words. Wow. Which I didn't even know that it was that much because that's not what they have you. Yeah. When you go to the pediatrician, that's not even on. They're going to tell you 20. Yeah. Which is less than half of what the. That was at two. That wasn't even at. This is, this is one. Oh my goodness. This is the age of one. I know. Yeah. So it's 50 words. Mm -hmm. Children should be able to go through stages of canonical babbling. So it's um, the use of a constant repetition, like, buh, buh, buh. They Mm -hmm. should be able to do that. Or variative babbling, like, D, 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 D. So okay. they should be able to kind of do those types of things followed by jargon or like, for instance, if with Jimmy, we would say thank you. Mm-hmm. He couldn't say thank you, but he'd go, Tantu. 
he oh, would kind of make they it, they yes. mimic the sound of it mm-hmm. so that's kind of what they're talking about like the adult jargon that they're mm-hmm. mimicking is that okay. at the age of two children should generally use two word phrases and have an expressive vocabulary of 200 to oh. 300 words and that's where your pediatrician's list said 20, 20. and the therapists are saying 200, 200 to 300 oh. words wow yeah such an extreme difference. I it's don't understand a, I how don't these two either. professions are on such a different page. I know. It was just, yeah, it's crazy. And that's why, well, now that I know what I know, yeah. I'm telling people, like, if you're concerned about it, just go get evaluation. Yeah. Just go do it. Doesn't it doesn't hurt anything. No. I mean, it might cost you something, but it's, it's worth it. Oh, 100% worth yeah. it. For the age of three, children should generally be using three to four word phrases and have an expressive vocabulary of 800 to 1,000 words. Wow, at three years old. At three year old, yeah. And then they should also be able to follow two-step instructions or directions and answer simple questions. Hmm. Yep. Okay, at three years old. At three years old. Yep. Yeah. They also told me things that we could look for to see if Jimmy was done. They should also be starting to ask who, what, when, where, and why questions. At three years old. Around okay. three. Because that's probably part of like sparking their imagination and mm-hmm. just education and learning. And I think that's important too because I feel like a lot of times at three years old is when kids start to enter preschool programs. Yes. And things. I mean, I know some kids enter it younger or mm-hmm. not at all, but I just feel like that seems to be the age, you know, like they're three, they go to preschool and they should be very advanced in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. And according to the pediatrician list, it's very different. And like, and I want to say it's not the pediatrician's fault. They're right. given the guidelines that they're supposed to hand out. American like Academy of Pediatrics sets yeah, all those it's, standards. Yeah, it's not their fault. There's yeah. just some disconnect and different areas but it's like I said had Jimmy been saying 20 words I wouldn't have thought anything of it yeah but he was supposed to be saying um at one he was supposed to be saying 50 words yeah and, and at he two he was supposed to be saying 200 to 300 yeah which means that's a big year from one to two and Very that's where year. you started feeling your concern and it's probably because you were witnessing other kids his yes. age and other yes. kids you had observed in your past. And you were like, it's just, he's just so quiet. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I even asked our daycare, mm-hmm. is it, is it normal? Like, is he really saying anything? And at first she goes, no, he's not. But like, that's, I'm not concerned about it at yeah. this age. And then she, once I asked her again, she kind of was like, there's typically a little bit more communication by this point and I'm not seeing it. And she was very delicate in how Mm -hmm. she did it to like, you know, not upset me or make me feel bad or anything. She goes, I might, I might just ask him, might just talk to your doctor. Cause I do feel like maybe he should be saying more because the problem also with Jimmy was only about 10 words, Mm -hmm. but then also he would add a word and then he would lose it. Ah, so it would come around. He would say a word, but it would not stick. Mm -hmm. So to give a better timeline, Mm -hmm. we went to the doctor at 18 months. Mm -hmm. He said to wait till he was two. We went back in September, and that's when I asked for an evaluation. I wanted a referral. Yeah, Yeah. I went back for a referral. And after that, we got in two weeks later Mm -hmm. to have a full evaluation provided by the state. They came to my house and did it. After that, our TIS worker, she came to me to my house and we were there for probably two hours wow. and we came up with goals. And when I say it felt overwhelming, it was, I want him to be able to say mommy, daddy, and this consecutively for how long do you feel like he needs to say it before you think it's stuck? And I would say a month. Yeah. He needs to be doing it for a month. It was, I also wanted him to be able to look at a page mm-hmm. and say, cow goes moo. Yeah. He couldn't point to and say this is a cow where's the cow he wouldn't point to the cow and he was two and he was two yeah he he went what does the doggy say nothing (laughs) no he couldn't do it so it was i want him to be able to do those things i want him to be able to look at a book and name five things off of the page that felt like a huge goal to me at the time and she looked at me and she goes i know it feels like a lot Mm -hmm. and not only was that one goal but then you would come up with a medium and then a hard level of that goal Okay. After you do that, after you've been like doing either a developmental therapy or whether it's speech or occupational with us, the way it worked was after six months of having started therapy. So even though he had not been in speech for six months, he had been at MTSU developmental therapy for six months. We did a reevaluation and after six months, he had hit every single goal. Wow. With just developmental therapy. That's crazy. I know. And so, I mean, he'd only been doing speech for maybe one or two months by that point. 
and he'd hit every single one. He could communicate mommy juice, mommy hungry, mommy snack, all of those things, putting those words together. Just from the developmental therapy. Yes. What a gift. Yes. What a gift. And I have to say like the people who do it, I remember hearing there was a girl in our college group that she's like, I want to be a speech pathologist. And I was like, I don't know what that is, (laughs) but that sounds cool. Good for you. You And now I know what it is. And I'm like, I'm so thankful that like there's people called to do that because it's needed. It's yeah. And it seems like the developmental therapy is almost more important because it got him communicating and then the speech therapy is fine tuning it. Speech therapy is great because it's one-on-one for him. Mm -hmm. What Will and I both enjoyed about the MTSU therapy is that it taught us what can we do at home. Family therapy. It was like family therapy. It was like, what can we do to help encourage him to talk? Yeah. They gave us very practical everyday things. And it was as simple as you're going to feel like you're talking a lot, but you're going to be talking about what you're doing. Jimmy, you want juice, juice. You want juice. Let's get juice. (laughs) Mmm, juice. And so we find ourselves walk, walk, walk. We're walking, walk, 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 walk. And people are kind of looking at us (laughs) and we're like, no big deal. Just teaching our kid how to talk. Just system (laughs) therapy. And you know what? Because you do that with him, probably, I mean, Ben is going to pick up on that. Yes. And Ben is going to see those things. Even if Ben does not have any delays, which he's probably Mm -hmm. too young for you to know yet. Yeah. But even if he's not going to have any delays, he might actually even be ahead. Or if he has a (laughs) slight little delay, you might not notice that he did or does because he's going to pick up on the things you've already put in your path with Jimmy. So what a gift that is too, to to Ben or any other children that you have that you've like had this training. (laughs) Yes. It's very helpful. Yeah. Very much so. (laughs) I love that. Well, I appreciate so much you taking your time to come share your story. I know it's vulnerable. You teared up, which makes me tear up when we talk about our kids. (laughs) Like that's our heart. Yeah. That's our heart walking. And so for any parent that is listening to this, we just Mm -hmm. hope that you are able to be encouraged about how to advocate for your child and help your child and I just appreciate your time today, Brittany. Yeah, Thank you for thanks for having about. me. I enjoyed it. You're so welcome. All right, that's a wrap for this episode. Bye, everybody. Bye. And that's all for this episode with Brittany. Thank you, Brittany, for sharing your story with us. Be sure to listen to our bonus banner episode as Tiff and I discuss our thoughts on this episode. And now for a review from one of our followers. M.M. Carlson, love to listen. I absolutely love listening to you guys. You both make me smile. I look forward to seeing the notification pop up that a new episode is available each week. Keep it up. Thank you, M.M. Carlson. And don't forget to like, share, and review us on your favorite podcasting apps.